What's up, church planners, pastors, and disciple makers? My name is Jared Huntley, coming to you from Washington, D.C., and I'm with my good friend Logan Douglas, who's coming to you from Reykjavik, Iceland. You are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by ordinary church planters that exists to encourage and equip other church planters and pastors to make disciples in hard places. Logan, what's going on, man? How are you? I am well, Jared. I am well. It is getting, uh, it's staying dark longer in the mornings and it's getting dark quicker in the evening. So uh, we are quickly transitioning here and um all that that entails uh winters are tough in iceland Mm. i feel like the the darkness um affects a lot of people the harshness of the winters affect a lot of people and because of covid i feel like um many people didn't have the summer that they normally would have wanted to have and kind of the cultural and social calendar um so i am just kind of aware that this is going to be a very challenging winter for a lot of people mm. um and so yeah just been mindful about that uh, how much and, daylight you know, are you, do you have right now uh right now if i'm not mistaken we have somewhere around nine hours of daylight um like it does at eight o'clock in the morning it's almost pitch black outside wow and the sun starts to set somewhere in the three four o'clock time range i'm about to pull it up Mm. just so i can verify this so it's not just my word um but yeah uh while i'm doing this how are you um how are things in your neck of the woods oh you know not a lot not much going on uh just a national election stuff like that so it's been oh yeah uh, that thing's happening yeah it is it is so so yeah so it's an interesting time obviously you're living in our nation's capital during a national election uh it should be entertaining to say the least so uh no idea what's gonna happen but i mean by the time this podcast episode comes out i'm sure we'll have hopefully we'll know who the next president of the united states will be uh but you know we'll see so yeah Yeah. man it's just kind of one of those things where uh you know we're just entrusting that into god's hands and and, you know, it's just a it's a good reminder that like our kingdom is, you know, and our king is not of this world that, uh, you know, we're seeking a, a city that is to come like Hebrews 13, 14 says. So we just have to keep that mindset here uh, in what is a very political place to live. Yeah. Amen. Well, uh, Jesus is king. And I'm going to speak to that real quick, but I did look it up. So uh, currently. First light is at 824 in the morning. Sunrise is at 918 and sunset is at 505 and last light is at 559. So seven hours and 46 minutes of daylight in Iceland currently. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I find now, granted, I understand that the United States of America, um, is kind of a big deal in global uh, <laughs> politics and in the globe mm-hmm. economically and just all many other arenas. Um, but I still find it funny that like, I got a text message from one of my Icelandic friends asking me if I was following the election. And I'm just like, why are you asking me this question? Oh, man. And they and I and they are. They're watching oh, yeah. updates on the election. Um, and so it's just, you well, know, I, in, I find it interesting. When I was in Canada 
people were fascinated with U.S. politics there. And I found oftentimes I'm like, I think that they know more about U.S. politics than Canadian politics. Like, I really think that they because they talk about U.S. politics far more than Canadian politics there. And they would, you know, constantly be talking about it. And it was just and, you know, and I remember when we moved there um, at the beginning of 2015, that was right around the time when the primaries were happening, right? And so early on while we were there, it started becoming, you know, like Trump, you know, was gaining steam and getting the nomination. And so like, oh my gosh, like we got, like the first thing people would ask us when they met us was, so what do you think about Trump? What do you think about mm-hmm. Trump? I got so tired of ask, of answering that question, man. Cause I was, I also, I never knew how to answer it. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, you know, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> you know, I just tried yeah. to hemmed and hawed and tried to like shrug it off and not, not get into that. And I'd change the subject quickly, but my goodness, man, it was, it was crazy how, how much people wanted to talk about that. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's similar here. That's one of the common questions I get asked when people. I mean, I was uh, I was getting a new router for my uh, internet because mm-hmm. uh, the, mainly because of this podcast. And when the guy asked me where I was from, uh, I respond responded in Icelandic that I was from America, and he was like, "Oh, are you following the uh, election?" And I was just like, "Man, yeah, this is just." Okay. Um, yep. I, I was at a doctor's office maybe six, nine months ago, and mm-hmm. they asked me who I voted for in 2016, who I was going to vote for in 2020. And I mean, I, I think something <laughs> it has to be said about the fanfare and kind of the spectacle yep. of American politics. It almost is Super Bowl like, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it, it just, it, consumes all of the media it consumes all of the you know airwaves and uh i mean you can't go on a social media outlet without seeing your your friends and family talking about it which um, is why i and got celebrities social and media everything it's just yeah yeah, yeah. that's one of the reasons i'm i've gotten off social media man is just couldn't 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 stand it anymore just it's it's all over the place so um you know i've just decided you know what i'm just gonna step away from this for the foreseeable future and it's actually been pretty nice it's been good yeah so you I'm actually still get to enjoy like life yeah outside of your screen yeah yeah i haven't shriveled up and died I, i've learned that i actually can survive without uh, logging on to Facebook. And so that was, that was a new discovery. So it's been exciting. So, uh, hasn't been easy though. Definitely hasn't been easy, but it's been good. I would highly commend it to our listeners. Like I'm not, I mean, not saying, you know, you should do it permanently, but Hey, you know, nothing wrong with taking a good long fast from it. And, uh, I think you'll find it very beneficial. I know it's been beneficial for, for me just in terms of being able to focus and it's been just better for my quiet times. My moods mm-hmm. have been better, just all that stuff. So, uh, anyways, and what better time than right now in the time after a general presidential election? That's right. It's a great time to do it. So, uh, speaking of, you know, health, talking about like mental health and, uh, spiritual health and things like that today, we are going to be talking about physical health. Uh, we're going to be talking about diet and exercise in the life of the church planter and, uh, pastor. Um, and so this is, you know, something that I think has gotten more attention in recent years than it did before, which I'm thankful for. Uh, I think that, 
Uh, I didn't, I, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe this is just my perspective, but I feel like there wasn't a lot of talk about this, you know, even five or 10 years ago. And then more, but more recently, I think more people have begun to clue into like, Hey, this actually matters. And it's important, you know, how we take care of our bodies in terms of effectiveness for ministry. Um, so I mean, Logan, I guess the question I would start off with is, is how does exercise and diet have an effect on our ministry effectiveness? Yeah. Um, it, or does it? Maybe, I mean, yeah, maybe you don't think it does. I have a feeling you think it does. But. No, no, I, I obviously think it, it does. Um, I'm more like, I had a glitch. So, oh, okay. <laughs> just so just so we know, I wasn't just thinking about this. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I absolutely think that it's getting more attention now. Um, thankfully, praise God that it is. Um, but I still don't know if it's as well, uh, accepted or adopted. Um, you know, I, I, this is going to be really bad. And if you're offended by this, I'm sorry, but (laughs) there was a joke that I used to hear growing up in the Bible belt that, uh, the belt of the pastor was the fence around the fried chicken graveyard. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, I'm dead serious. I heard this uh, in in rural Mississippi. Um, I've never heard because that one I mean I can just recall some very heavy set, unhealthy, sedentary uh, church leaders yep. in the Bible Belt, um, and it's all the potlucks, they were man. not. Huh? It's all the potlucks. Yeah, bro. Like that was. I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't know that churches didn't do that. When I got yeah. out of the Bible Belt and saw that people didn't eat every Sunday after <laughs> church, I was like, wait, wait, wait. I thought everyone brought food yep. and we all like got it and we ate after church. Is that not a thing? Um, but yeah, I, I feel like ministry endurance and ministry vitality um, was really. Not a, I mean, it wasn't a thing that a lot of people were thinking about um, frequently. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't thinking about often. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, I mean, good grief. I, I, I have no pastors who have died of heart attacks, who are morbidly obese, who have cholesterol issues and blood pressure issues and things like this. Um, and I think when the advent of social media happened and a lot more demands were on church leaders and things like that. And we started seeing more burnout and we started seeing more uh, health related uh, issues in pastors uh, and church planners that now people, thankfully, I think are having a more holistic view Mm -hmm. of what needs to be um, done for healthy ministry. Yeah. Would you, 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 you like that kind of holistic kind of, it's not just being in the word and being in prayer, but it's also, I mean, being healthy physically. Like it's, it's a, not a either or, but I feel like at times there were kind of was this like, well, I'm choosing to be in the word and in prayer, but neglecting the body. Yeah. Do you feel like that was kind of the, the trade-off in some way? Absolutely, I do. Yeah, I think that there are still, you know, we still have a problem with with this where we, you know, nobody, I don't think anybody like outright teaches this, but we function as if there is a, you know, like we can separate 
what we believe or, you know, our spiritual with the physical, you know, like as if we can believe something and yet, you know, do something different with our bodies. Um, and like the physical doesn't matter. And we, we talked about this a little bit when we were, you know, a couple months ago talking about in-person worship gatherings and how there's been this shift away from, you know, what there, where you know this the the fad with online church has almost been like like physical presence doesn't matter that much as long as you're there quote unquote in spirit or you're there digitally that that's as good as being there physically and you know I've argued before that like I I just fundamentally disagree with that. I don't think it's the same. I think God created us within the capacity of, of bodies. Like he gave us a body and we are confined within the bodies. We are not omnipresent. Uh, we are not omniscient. We can't know everything and be everywhere all at once, even though we'd like to think that we can and social media and and the internet can give us the illusion that we are. We're not, we're limited. We've been, God has put us in bodies. He's given us bodies and he has given us those bodies to care for and to steward. And so what we do with those bodies actually matters. And our bodies are the, the, the tool, the vehicle through which God works in the world. It's, it's through Christians who are embodied beings who are going out and using our bodies to proclaim the gospel, who are going out and using our bodies to do the good works that God prepared for us from before the foundation of the earth. And so that means the way that we take care of those bodies, which are the very vessel, the very vehicle through which we do ministry absolutely matters. And it's absolutely connected. Like if you're eating junk all the time and you're not getting good rest and you're not exercising, you're not going to have as much energy. You're not going to have as much stamina. You're going to tend to be more depressed. You're probably not going to live as long, which means you're not going to be as effective in ministry as you otherwise would be. So like, I don't think there's a question that it absolutely matters. Um, and I do, I, I think you're right. I still think we have a ways to go though. And, and convincing people that, uh, this really is something that should, that ought to be taken seriously and that it's not a waste of your time to block out time in your week to go exercise or to meal plan, uh, you know, and, and actually go grocery shop for like real food instead of going and getting fast food because you're back in your schedule too full and you don't have time to cook. Um, so, I mean, we can talk more in detail about some of that stuff, but those are my initial thoughts. No. Yeah. And what, I mean, one of the things that I think is lacking in this conversation and, I think it's just a clever trick of the devil um, is the fact that the lack of self-control is sinful, that being a master or being mastered by something, yep. being addicted to something, not exhibiting self-control is not in keeping with the spirit's fruitfulness in your life and ministry. So if we met a pastor who they say is not obese or overweight, but spent, you know, seven hours a day, five days a week playing online video games, people probably would think there's a problem there. Yeah. And people might be so like provoked to speak against that. Like, Hey, I think you're neglecting, um, 
some of your other duties. And I think that this shows a lack of self-control. I don't think this is helpful for you. I don't think this is beneficial for you. But for some reason, when it comes to our physical disciplines, our physical health, it almost is like this un, um, uncharted territory or this like unspoken rule that we're not going to, you know, and I'm, and I'm going to say this word. It's like we, maybe we're afraid that we'll fat shame the ministry leader or something like that. Like we, mm. we can't speak against that because, well, you know, Maybe it'll come off of bullying. I mean, I don't know what the mindset is, but as a man of God or, you know, even just as a Christian, let's just go like baseline Mm. Christian. We are to, by the work of the Holy Spirit, to be putting off the old and putting on the new. And the new person, the new self in Christ, empowered by the Spirit, bearing fruit through being connected to the vine that is Christ, the Spirit's work in us. One of those fruit is self-control. Mm-hmm. This this not being enslaved to something. And when you're, uh, you know, 50, 100 pounds overweight or more, you're enslaved to something. Yeah. You know, barring some form of medical issue, and I even would be hesitant to say that when it comes to certain levels of being overweight or obese or morbidly obese, it almost all the time points to a lack of self-control. It points to an addictive behavior. It points to uh, an uncontrollable appetite and indulging uh, too much in food. And and there's so many things that it indicates that could be wrong, but I feel like no one's talking about it. Mm -hmm. Like, when you see someone who has been mastered by something um, that that shows, at least how I understand our fallen nature and I understand um, our flesh's tendency to indulge uh, and to consume and to want, that it shows a lack of self-control. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, I feel like you actually, you don't have my notes and you don't have the same notes that I have. I have my own notes, but I feel like you were looking at my notes, even though that's impossible. (laughs) Uh, Unless somehow you hacked into my computer. But yeah, man, I I think you hit the nail on the head. Like I I have uh, 1 Corinthians 6.12 written down here where, you know, the Apostle Paul, he's quoting a, you know, what was a common, um, you know, phrase uh, back then in the, you know, Corinth in the first century where he says, all things are lawful for me. Uh, But then he says, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything, he says, right? So like when it comes to something like things like food and exercise, these are things that are, you know, it's not inherently, you know, sinful, uh, not, you know, to to not have a gym membership, right? Like it's not, uh, it's not like, well, if you want to be a good Christian, you need to go get a gym membership or, you know, it's not inherently sinful to eat food, you know, like God made food and, you know, food is good and, you know, it can be enjoyed. And just like anything that God has created and given to us as a gift, when we enjoy it, you know, within the confines with which he's given it to us, it's a good thing. And it's meant to point us back to the giver, but we can turn it into an idol, right? Like we can make, you know, laziness into an idol. We can make gluttony uh, into an idol and food. And um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, the reality is, is that, 
you know, one of the reasons that exercise and diet can have an effect on our ministry is that, um, stuff like food can become an idol in our lives and it's sin. And if there's sin, ongoing sin in our life that we're not dealing with, then yeah, of course it's going to have an impact on your ministry effectiveness. Uh, it's going to have an impact on your enjoyment of God and of your, and of the assurance of your salvation. It doesn't mean you're less saved, but it does mean it's going to be harder for you to rest in that assurance because the Holy Spirit's going to, but hopefully is going to convict you and not let you feel good about the fact that you're, you know, persisting in sin, uh, for the purpose of turning you away from that sin. So, uh, I, I think, I think that we need to, I think we need to come face to face with it and just go, look, you know, like this may be a sin issue in my life, you know, like maybe food is a sin issue or maybe, you know, laziness and not exercising is a sin issue because I think a lot of times we use, you know, language like, well, I'm just, you know, struggling with my weight, you know, or I'm, you know, whatever, oh, you know, calendar's just hard and I, I never get the time to go to the gym and, you know, and things like that. Um, but, and so we kind of smooth it over by using, you know, more neutered language to talk about it. But I think maybe we just need to be honest about what it is and go, okay, maybe I'm not struggling with my weight. Maybe I've made an idol out of food and mm -hmm. I'm, you know, not really taking good care of this area of my life. And there's some changes that need to be made. So... Yeah, and one of the things you just, like the last part of that, taking care of my life, taking care of, I mean, it's a stewardship issue. Like, we're embodied souls. God gave us this body, and we, in the totality of who we are, are made in God's image. And we are given these bodies and everything that, you know, every talent we have, every opportunity we have, every spiritual gift that we have, every hour of every day that we have are to be stewarded for God's glory for the Christian. And so when we do not take care of the bodies that God has given us, then that's a stewardship issue. And when we don't confront our unhealthy relationship with food, when we don't confront our tendency to be like the sluggard who is the comical, um, you know, uh, not antagonist, but he's the he's the person in Proverbs you don't want to be. You know, this lazy character who just makes excuses, who is fearful, who, you know, doesn't isn't proactive, doesn't show any type of industriousness or, you know, just is just lazy. Um yeah, if we don't shift the language to seeing that it's a symptom of a bigger issue. So I can speak from, I mean, I've struggled with my weight my whole life. And it's due to the fact that food for me was comfort. I grew up in a, um, I grew up in a place uh, that was not ideal or a home that was not ideal. And one of the things that I turned to was food. And so I eat my feelings and I have all the feelings. So, you know, on a stressful day, I want to eat donuts, pizza, a burger and some ice cream like and, and I and I want to do that often. 
Uh, and, you know, and so that says something about where I turn for comfort. Um, and so the, the question is like, similar to, to, you know, the spiritual principle of, and discipline of fasting, like there, there's something about that practice that shows my lack of seeking God for comfort, my discontentment, my insecurity, um, and kind of this addictive habit or addictive relationship I have with food, this unhealthy relationship I have with food. Um, and I mean, why else would the sluggard be as someone mentioned in Proverbs? Why, why is there a lot of aspects in the Bible where we're taught, taught to be disciplined and to practice self-control if, if not because in a fallen world, we are so prone to seek things uh, to give us comfort, to soothe kind of those places where that's supposed to be where we go to Christ. Um, and so I think it's like a, a like a uh, like a dashboard light that's saying that, hey, when you turn to this, you know, this can be everything from pornography to food to um, even good things, fitness. It can, you know, reading games like there's lots of these things. They point to this kind of disordered uh, kind of passions or desires that we have. And and where do we turn when we're in need of comfort? Um, and I, I think until we are able to say that. And, and see it as an issue, to see it as a stewardship issue, to see it as a, you know, a, a lust in a way, not for, you know, necessarily sexual lust, but a lust for something. I crave something and I want it um, until we see it as a spiritual kind of issue. And we just, oh, well, you know, I, yeah, I should probably get a little bit more healthy. It's like, no, but it's actually a heart issue masking itself as a physical issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just about, you know, getting a little more healthy, improving your body. And, you know, I think that, you know, the point you made about, uh, where do you turn for comfort? Where do you, you know, what do you, what do you do to wind down? You know, is winding down for you having a bowl of ice cream, you know, every night, which is probably one of my temptations, you know, like my, for me, it's sugar, right? Like, uh, I don't look like I struggle with food at all. Uh, and so people almost kind of laugh whenever I, you know, mention things like that, but I really do kind of have a, a struggle with sugar at times where it's just like, and it's something that I've been actively fighting and, and, you know, seeking to put that to death by, you know, seeking to instill better habits into my life. And, uh, you know, to, like I'm just abstaining from certain types of foods and not letting myself be dominated by it, you know, because I finally got to a point where, you know, like you said, realize this isn't just a, you know, like, Oh, just how I, how I am. And, you know, just a bad habit. This is a sin issue for me. I'm turning to these things for comfort. And it's pretty clear to me that that's what I was doing. So, um, and I think that it's, I think pastors and church planters in particular can be very vulnerable to this, partly because of the lifestyle. Um, you know, we're very busy a lot of times, especially church planners, you know, very busy packing our schedule with all sorts of things. We've talked about in the past about how, you know, we, we've urged people to not do that as much, you know, to create more margin in your calendar. You don't need to feel like you need to do everything and be everywhere all the time. Uh, you know, 
create times for rest uh, and create times to take cut time to take care of your body like that should be in your calendar it should be prioritized it shouldn't be I'll do that if I can fit it in if there's any time left over no 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 it's very important remember this your body is the vehicle through which god is working in the world so you need to take care of it um you've only got one body that god has given you and so you need to take care of the body you've been given so that's high priority like we wouldn't do that with our car we wouldn't go well i just never have time to go get the oil changed or put gasoline (laughs) in it you know so like well if you keep driving that thing and you never go get some maintenance done on it it's gonna break down it's like you can say, well, I'm trying to, you know, I'm just trying to use all my time to be effective. I'm trying to put this car to work. Well, and you're going to run it into ground. That's what you're going to do if you don't take some time to rest. So I think, you know, but so busyness and then, uh, you know, I joked earlier, but a lot of the stuff that we do is, is around meeting with people. And so naturally, what do we do? Well, we meet around food and drink. And so we, we have potlucks and we have small groups and we go to meet at coffee shops and restaurants for breakfast and for dinner and things like that. So there, there is a, I think a, a unique temptation that can be in the life of a pastor or church planner where it can be really easy for food to become an idol and it can be really easy to overeat and it can be really easy to neglect uh, exercise. That's why you've got to discipline yourself to do this. Um, I mean, you could argue that diet and exercise are spiritual disciplines. And we don't think about them like that, though, uh, a lot of times. But I think that there's an argument to be made that we ought to think about them more like that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, and it's, it's, it's a more, I mean, I think what we're trying to advocate for is more so awareness yeah. at this point of like, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a ministry leader um, and uh, and you're wanting to address this um, or you even think you need to address this, chances are you probably do. Mm. Like if you're thinking this is something you need to address and it probably is. Um, and there's many ways that you can address it. But one of the things that's been helpful for me is like I understand that if I don't have, if I'm not proactive, I'm going to be defeated by this. Yeah. So meal prep is super important. Um, and even when it comes to meeting people for meals, taking the time to like eat good food, maybe before, um, knowing kind of choose to go to places where you're less tempted. Uh, Maybe you eat like an apple on the way to a meeting. That way you're less inclined to gorge. Like when I'm super hungry, I tend to gorge. Um, If I go to, you know, certain places when I meet people, I'm more tempted. It's like, just be aware of what are your kind of triggers. And, Again, just prepared, you know, spend a little time doing some meal prep. Uh, and then when it comes to activity, we're not trying to advocate that you would be a CrossFit athlete. No. But we do want you to be able to, you know, sustain in the ministry that we believe God's called you to and that you believe God's called you to. Um, and here's the thing that is the biggest one. Your primary ministry, if you are a ministry leader and you're married and you have kids, 
is your family. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about you being able to be active in your children's life, you having vitality in your marriage and in your um, ministry, as well as modeling for your uh your team, your church, your children, yep. uh, healthy lifestyles. That's right. You know, um, so it's there's good. there's much more that could be said, but uh, I just really hope that if this has kind of perked your interest or this is something you know you need to address, um, please feel free to contact um, either Jared or I. Uh, you know, there's many resources out there, great diet plans, things even for ministry leaders. If you're in Iceland, Logan will bring you over to his garage and make you do rowing machines and play chess in between yes. rounds. Um, so he's famous for doing that. Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. I, I think that it's kind of in, in closing some of my um, I guess exhortations for guys who are listening to this or girls uh, that maybe you're you're sensing you know what this is something that I need to you know take more serious in my life. Um, I think accountability is really important. I found that in my life. Like so, just like with any sin in your life, confess this to somebody. Right? Confess this to people in your life who you would you know trust to go to and to confess sin, and tell them like that this is a sin issue for you so that they understand too, because what you got to be careful is you don't go and go, you know, yeah, uh, I've been really struggling with my diet and they're just kind of like, Oh, you know, that, that, that's fine. You know, uh, you know, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll check in with you on it, but they're not thinking about it uh, in terms of like, this is a sin issue for you. It's just more of like, you want to get in shape. Uh, you need to like, I get, I think convey the, the urgency, uh, about this, specific issue to the people that you are asking you to keep you accountable. Um, so, you know, I think just having other people aware of this issue in your life and then asking them to, you know, to help you and maybe even join you in it. Maybe you find somebody you can exercise with or do a diet with, uh, or, you know, something like that. Um, fasting is also another really good practice that if you're not fasting regularly, you should do it because one of the best ways to really kind of just take on the idol of food head on is to practice fasting uh, and in sh- the idol of sugar. Uh, your flesh will kick and scream and it won't like it one bit, but it will sh- it will show you really quickly how this really is a spiritual issue. That's one of the things that fasting will do and it'll really draw your attention to that. Um, and then just for exercise, my kind of main thing for exercise would be do something. Um, you, you know, Logan, you said earlier, you don't have to feel like you need to be a CrossFit athlete or anything like that. Um, and I agree. I think sometimes church planners, especially have this go big or go home mentality. Like we need to do, you know, do it hundred percent or do nothing at all, but it's okay. Like if, you know, for you, it looks like, okay, I'm going to go, you know, to the gym and I'm going to do some running on the treadmill and then go do a couple machines three times a week. That's better than nothing. Like, that's great. Do that. Go do something. If you don't have a lot of time, you know, one day and you got a busy schedule, you know, just because you can't hit an hour and a half in the gym, go for 20 minutes. Go, you know, go hit the rowing machine for 20 minutes. It's a great workout. You know, it's okay. You don't have to like be Superman every single time you go into the gym. And I'm 
talking to myself here too like i i have this tendency to want to like do a you know a 45 minute wad every time i go uh to the gym and so mm-hmm. not always real i'm the same way yeah i'm the same way i i overcommit and oh, yeah. try not to do that be realistic and again i want to stress if you have any questions i can turn you on to free resources for fitness accountability for workout programs yep. that you can do in super you know like no equipment, eight to 12 minutes in the comfort of your house. Um, but uh, it is important. That's right. And so don't let lack of resources or accountability stop you because we're talking about like your health, which if you're a ministry leader also is the vitality of your ministry and the longevity of it. Yep, that's right. Good stuff. Well, hey, uh, I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in to another episode of In the Trenches. Um, make sure you head on over to getinthetrenches.com and there you can find links to all of our other episodes and we've got blog posts Uh, we usually have at least one coming out a week and so there's lots of content on there for you to dig into we'd love it if you would share uh, in the trenches with your friends and your family members as well and just help spread the word uh, about this podcast if it's been a blessing to you uh, and if you haven't subscribed yet, we're on you know all the major streaming platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. So make sure you go and you hit that subscribe button uh, for us. And we are going to be back uh, next Monday with another episode of In the Trenches. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planters and pastors.